Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, once again, once again, riding the airwaves of the internet times. Hey. You know what I mean, Brian? Yeah, well, it's not really airwaves. It's like digits and like ones and zeros and stuff. Well, it's airwaves of the internet. Um, Doesn't that mean anything to you? Not quite accurate. Why can't it be? <laughs> well, if you broadcast Why can't it, it be? through like a, a FM transmitter to your stereo, then it could be. Okay, okay do that. Yeah. The airwaves of the internet. <laughs> I am right. Let's just call it something. Why can't okay. we? Science invents new things all the time, right? Yes. Okay. Will you help me work on inventing airwaves of the internet? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, good evening, everyone. This is uh, Doctor. Why am I so low? Everything's so low. Doctor Homebrew. Why am I so low? I got the blues so bad. Solo shot first. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we got a good show for you guys tonight. We have a lot of good beers. A lot of good beers. We have. What do we have? We have a Northern English Brown Ale, which I'm excited to drink. Ed. I like that style of beer. Uh, and then we have a Hellas from Ryan. I know I told you guys IPA, but uh, I lied to Hellas. Which, oh. again, I like that. So it's two uh, really good beer styles, I think. We'll see if the beer matches. All right. <laughs> uh, no, we got a couple good people. We got Mel and we got Ryan. Uh, they're going to be on the line, you know, eventually. And uh, talking some beer, man. Uh, but first, before we get any farther, I want to thank our fine sponsor, our main sponsor, the only sponsor uh, that we say before any other sponsors. Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about all the reasons why you need five star chemicals in your life. You need PBW, you need Star Sand, you need Sandy Clean, you need everything. You just need it all um, because it's science. It is in my life. I, I was just using some on uh, Memorial Day. We, oh, know, really? Taught a friend how to make uh, mead, and um, yeah, we did a traditional mead with some locally. Um, Local made honey, yeah, in his in his hive. So, yeah, my buddy Don and I made a nice traditional mead with some narbon yeast, and of course the, you know, yeah, the PBW and the star sand before you do anything else with it. You gotta have it in there. You That's have to have it in the mix, man. You gotta have it in there. Or else, we had a little uh, bit of foam left over. Like, don't fear the foam. Don't do it. Don't fear it, man. Don't fear the foam. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Look, and if you want to give a little rinse, you can. That's it. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. We did give it a little rinse. I mean, because we were I putting... I do it too, and I've never had a problem. We were putting filtered tap water in there anyway. It's like, well, 
we could rinse it with a little filtered tap water. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we could. What's that going to hurt? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But yeah. Check them out. They're nice people. FiveStarChemicals.com. And if you're going to be at, at uh, NHC, and I'm not saying, uh, or no, Homebrew Con, right, is the conference, and NHC yeah. is the competition. Is that what they're doing this year? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Kind of doing a name rebranding. Name rebranding thing. Uh, but they're going to have a booth at, uh, at uh, Homebrew Con, so stop in and check out the lovely ladies at uh, Five Star, man. And uh, usually they have some cool stuff to give away and whatever. So uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Those slap on wrist, wristband things. Do they? Is that what they do? That, well, I, had, I got one of those one year. You just, yeah. Oh yeah, the kind of Slapping wide. I think they were coo- weren't they like can bottle koozies or something like that? Were like like kind of wide? I used it for like strength bands. You oh, know, yeah. like, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, maybe cool people would use it for a cozy. I didn't really think of that use. Huh. I was like, it's a wristband. Cool. Yeah. You look like Superwoman. I'm the Hulk woman. <laughs> Pretty much. You're Hulk woman. Oh hi Jeff. There you Hello. go. Yeah, sitting in for Doc today is Jeff. And uh, Jeff, you've been on the show before. I was on the show a long, seems like a long damn time ago, yeah. Long, yeah, a long time ago. It was on the inaugural, inaugural Dr. Homebrew. Oh, really? Yeah, the very first one? It was. Episode yeah. one. Yep. So listen back, folks. Wow. Listen yeah. to how horrible we were and how much more horrible <laughs> we've become. And now we're coming full, full circle. Full circle horribleness. Well, I appreciate you stepping in, jo- Jeff. I appreciate that. Uh, Doc is, uh, I don't know, Doc's doing whatever Doc does these days. Living the so high life. Beers. Living the high life, man. Um, let's see. We have Mel. We're going to get Mel on the show. And I know there's something else I had to talk to you guys about, but I f- friggin' forget, man. Sponsors or? No, did it all. Okay. I think we did it all. I think um, I'm just used to rambling a little bit too much to in the show. Plug man. your own inventions and, and no, but projects. I, I do want to tell you. Uh, remember that Grodzitski yeah. that we had like a, eight months ago or whatever, and then I brewed one and oh, then okay. I never did anything with it. It's it just left it sit in my carboy. Did uh, I tell you that? Uh, it's like November. I brewed. It. I was like, I love this beer. Um, I I rebrewed it. Okay, I rebrewed it again. Uh, the old one's still sitting in my fermenter following November, but um, uh, so I'm stoked about that. I don't know. That's my little Dr. Homebrew call out because I didn't know about that style until until uh, whatever his name was. Did you brew it on your uh, Pico Brew Zymatic? Or did, did you? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I You'll did. have to give me your recipe, dude. I got one of those coming. Okay. It's, uh, well, I'll, I'll link it. I'll yeah. link my uh, my library. Right yeah, right. yeah, I guess I can just search. I'm, I'm getting used to this, but I brewed on it a couple times with a buddy who has one. And, yeah. You know, it's pretty fun. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, let's just get Mel on because I, I I can't let's figure out I can't figure out what I was supposed to talk to you guys think about. Of it. So I'll figure it out later. I'm not concerned about it. I ain't shook, Brian. Hmm. All right, I well, believe Skype we have uh, Mel on the line. Greetings, Greetings Mel. Hey. hey, am I being uh, broadcast over the interwebs? Yes, the airwaves of the internet, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All those <laughs> living digits out in Radio Net World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us, Mel. Thanks for sending in uh, a bunch of beer. You sent in like a, a, a quite a few bottles, didn't you? Yeah, well, you know, I wanted you guys to be able to have some to try and then go, what was that crap that I drank and drink <laughs> again later and go, oh, yeah, okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all, but I'm going to be reminded of it every time. Hey, I have 10 gallons of it. <laughs> well, not anymore. Now you're minus a few bottles. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Um, since about 2000. But, uh, okay. you know, people try and put a metric on that. But 
really i get to brew maybe four or five times a year so you know put that in context oh, okay so you you've been doing it for a long time but uh your your, your batch count may not necessarily be the <laughs> highest in the world well yeah considering uh, when did i brew this uh, october 3rd 2015 right and uh i just brewed again yesterday for the first time since then uh-huh. oh wow Okay. My batch count has gone down quite a bit since I had the, the, a kid a few years ago, so maybe it's something yeah. related to that. <laughs> well, my daughter was born two years after I started homebrewing, and she's going to be 13 next month. So oh, you got to help her then. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah if, she, if she was only interested. She has other hobbies? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'd rather play Minecraft. Or, yeah. you know. uh, <laughs> she doesn't want to schlep things for her dad. No, no. Put away no. that soccer ball and carry 10 gallons of boiling water for me, please. <laughs> Stick your hand in there. Right. Well, is this the first time you've made a northern English brown? No, no but, it, you know, there's not. one thing okay. in common, and this is one of the reasons that I sent uh, this brew to you, is that I yeah. seem to have trouble every time I use an English-style yeast. Okay. Um, and so I don't know if it's me, if my expectations are off, or if it's just horrible, and I should stick to American-style IPA. <laughs> What's the off flavor that you're getting? Well, to me, it's, uh, it, it finished out at 1016, but it feels like it's really unattenuated and really sticky sweet. I mean, I don't know. Finish I'll wait at to 10, hear from 16. the experts. 1016 isn't very low. No, it's not. Yeah. Although, you know, the estimated final gravity from uh, this brewing software that I use, uh, which I can't recall now that I'm on the spot, Beersmith. Yeah. <laughs> Beersmith said it should have finished at 1014, so it wasn't too far off, and I, it was actually higher than my uh, S target uh, starting gravity was 1057, and I, my huh. actual starting gravity was 1060. So I kind of went, eh, yeah, all right. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we can figure it out for you. Brian, you want to start off uh, helping out Mel with his uh, Northern English Brown? Yeah. No problem. Um, So, yeah, we got, well, back in the 2008 guidelines, it was an 11C. They've kind of changed it around. Now they're just like, uh, yeah, what's what's the current one? It is 11C and then... Northern English Brown. Then they had Southern English Brown, but now they, they don't have that anymore. They just have... English well, brown, English brown, <laughs> British brown ale, thirteen B in the twenty fifteen guidelines. So, well, you know, JP said to use the old style guidelines, so I was trying to, you know, yeah. comply. No, that's good. I, I, if that's what you brewed as, if you brewed it to the old guidelines, and that's exactly judged as that is where we judged it. So, yeah. I thought but, um, in the aroma, it has a, a low kind of caramely, nutty, and some I like chocolates in the nose. There's some nice malt uh, flavors in there. It's definitely a malt-forward aroma. I also got like a moderate uh, green apple-like kind of acetaldehyde note um, alongside that. And it, and uh, it was a little distracting. So that, the, the, hmm. the main thing I'm getting is, is acetaldehyde is the kind of off thing in this. Um, it uh, seems a little like acidic and sharp maybe because of that. It, but it's not sour smelling or anything like that. It's got a little toffee, you know, no no obvious hop, no no diacetyl or anything else that would indicate like a, you know, not finished or or you know, um, taken being taken off the yeast way too early or something. But um, you know, just kind of low fruity esters in there, 
And the SNL hot actually blows off a bit as it as it goes, um, or I'm just kind of getting used to it. But the um, the chocolate comes through a little bit more as it has warmed up to me, um, alongside with a little more more of that toffee. Appearance wise, it's a nice reddish medium brown color uh, with a light tan head that, that started medium, stuck around pretty well when we uh, first judged it. Uh, it's falling a little faster here, but uh, yeah, I think it might just be a glassware thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it looks very clear. Uh, fine bubbles, had kind of a moose, moosey head. Um, you know, appearance was nice. Look, I gave it full points for appearance. It just looked like a brown ale should. Um, yeah, it's play, a great color. Yeah, f- yeah. beautiful beer. Um, you know, pretty dark, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's uh, towards the darker side. I think you wouldn't want a darker, but I mean, lighter would be black. I mean, lighter would be fine, that, I guess. Yeah. But it, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, and the flavor has a kind of a sharp multi bite with uh, dark chocolate notes. Again, some of that acid aldehyde, pretty prominent. A little low, kind of a soy saucy kind of note. You could tell me there was dark chocolate in here, and I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't call you a liar. Yeah, it's like like it's bitter chocolate, semi sweet yeah. bitter. Yeah. People say that like chocolate malt, and I don't know if that's what's in here, but doesn't have a chocolate flavor. I disagree. I think it totally does. Like, oh, like a cocoa totally, powder kind uh, of thing, right? Simpsons chocolate malt. Yeah. The softer stuff, yeah, the softer British and the lighter chocolate the lighter malts chocolate, yeah. will definitely have a, a nice chocolatey. We get up the ones that are, you know, 350, 400, uh, blah, 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 and that's going to be a little r- more richer and, and more, yeah, biting, but yeah, um, not as... As smooth chocolate. The chocolate flavor is there. It's pretty smooth and nice. Um, there's a little kind of earthy hop there. The bitterness is fairly substantial, too, um, from the malts, most likely. Some of the chocolate is kind of expressing itself in a little, little bitter bit bitterness. Um, the seems, you know, seems like an ale ferment, but I, again, I wonder if it was maybe rushed or I'm not sure because, you know, the acid aldehyde is kind of poking out. Um, finishes medium. Medium to, you know, it's, it doesn't seem overly sweet. It's kind of semi-sweet, and um, a little bit of little little sharpness to it overall. Just the from the biting acid aldehyde. It's not acidic, but um, there's definitely a little bit of alcohol in here too. That's that's giving you a little firmness. It seems like a little on the strong side and a little on the dark, rich side for the uh, for the style. Um, it's not like a a light, refreshing, uh, you know. Um, what's the classic? One? Uh, Newcastle, the Newcastle, New- yeah. you know, skunked because it's in the clear bottle. Um, but I think yeah. they changed. No, that's Sam at, uh, Sam Smith's name. I was gonna say I thought I thought Newcastle changed that. I think they did actually, didn't did they? they? I don't know. I've had they it. They should, man. They should. Is it a green bottle now? It might be a green bottle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's half green, half clear. It's a whole thing they got. Yeah, look, look it up. There's a um, mouthfeel wise, it's kind of medium body with a medium high carbonation, a little biting and acidic there too, a bit of astringency, not not super creamy or smooth, just kind of a there's a little bit of alcohol warmth in there, distracting, just not pulling it away from the style a little bit. Um, so overall, it's like a a nice malt forward Northern English brown, without much of that classic nuttiness it's more of like a chocolate monster and um you know rich and a little bit of um edginess to the malt a little bitterness a little not roasty but just kind of um rich chocolate bittersweet chocolate um the acid aldehyde and a little toffee which is nice in there too but the acid aldehyde kind of hints it up you know that english yeast it will drop out a little faster 
Um, I mean, of course, that's what they should use to to make it. It's it's an English beer, so it you know <laughs> it, it will drop out. But um, if you're you know, and that stuff drops out like a rock sometimes. I don't know which which strain you use. If it was um, yeah, the the, the London or the, the ESB yeast or or what was it? Uh, uh, well, I don't know. You can tell us what it was, but. Well, let me know when you want me to tell you about it. Okay. Well, well tell me what yeast it was now. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was a yeast I'd never used before. Oh. It was the West Yorkshire 1469. West? Oh, West Yorkshire. Okay. okay. All right. It's uh, the, the Timothy Taylor yeast. Yeah, okay. Mel, when you say you've you've brewed uh, these beers before, are, are you using the same yeast, or are you bouncing around English yeast to English yeast and still getting the same kind of deal? No, I've been using WLP02 for the longest time and not getting good results with it, so I started bouncing around a little bit to try different stuff. Now, there is, I will tell you that there, I make a London And he's gone. We lost Mel. He makes a London Porter. Mel's and, done. And, and he also uses that English yeast in it, I'm, I'm guessing, and, and now I don't know what else he was going to say. <laughs> yeah, now, now you're in his head. Yeah, I don't know what happened, Mel. Sorry, I think it's on your end, though. Try again. Yeah, we'll wait for him to come back. Um, yeah. I mean, the question is, why did he change? What was he seeing in the W002 that he didn't like? Yeah, it sounds like he's having the same issue where it's not drying out enough. It's finishing too. Yep. Sorry, hey. my, my headphones dropped <laughs> out. <laughs> no okay. worries. Glad to have you back. Yeah, so I, I gave the beer a 25. Um, it, it's, I might have been a little rough on it. It's actually a pretty good beer. There's a lot of nice flavors in here, but it just... The the acid aldehyde was pretty distracting, and you just um, want to make sure to you know keep it on the yeast a little bit longer and um, control your fermentation temp really well. Um, you know if you can bump it up towards the end a little bit uh, to do a rest and pull out some of those early fermentation products. Um, oh, is that what acid aldehyde is caused from? Yeah, it's it's produced earlier in the fermentation and it's something that goes away as it as the fermentation kind of matures and and um, finishes out so if you're rushing it and pulling off the yeast into secondary too fast that might leave a little bit of that behind or some diacetyl and just you know depending on the, the strain and, and what, what you did your fermentation at but uh yeah just um keep it keep it stable be patient with it um I think it's a pretty good beer. It's it's got some light balance issues, but I really like the flavors that are there. Um, so it's an interesting beer, and just removing that defect would make it a lot better. It's just a little uh, rough for me. So, but yeah, um, I'm glad you wanted some feedback on this one because it's like, <laughs> oh, this is the best beer I ever made. It's like, no, you know, you, you you're looking for feedback no. and you want to know <laughs> no. what to, um, what to do to fix it. So I appreciate like, no. that, and I'm glad. I hope we can steer you right. Um, but I'll let. Uh, I'll let Jeff give you some more thoughts on the beer here, too. All right. Yeah, from an overall aroma perspective, the, the toffee note definitely dominates. Um, you know, there's some moderate carbonic thing going on. Um, I, I agree with Brian. There's, there's some fruity esters there. I was really getting more of a pear note than a, than a strong apple note. Um, no real hop aroma, no DMS, no diacetyl. There's, Brian mentioned a little bit on the on the nutty side. I, I get a little bit of light hazelnut maybe on this one, maybe a little dry peanut aroma, um, and and I get a little bit of light diacetyl. Um, overall, yeah, the appearance is great. Um, you know, it's dark brown with moderate clarity. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a slight haze, but it was when we tasted it, there was this really large thick head uh, of off white foam that lingered in the glass, which was great. 
Uh, from a flavor perspective, there's that moderate toasted malt aroma or malt character, um, you know, earthy hop flavor, uh, that light pear ester. Um, you know, it's it's got a good bitterness. Um, you know, that's uh, I, I thought it over overpowered the the toasted malts a little bit. Um, I know Brian thought it was a little bit more on the malty side, but uh, I thought it was medium high in the bitterness, and I thought that lingered a bit. Um, oh, yeah, it was pretty pretty bitter, kind of medium high. Did I say low? I think, well, I know when we tasted it, you said, oh, no, it's super malty. And I was like, I don't know. It's got this nice little bitter thing going on, which uh, I thought was a little bit high. Yeah, like chocolate chocolate malty. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the bitterness from, from those dark greens. They're sweet. Yeah. So yeah. it's chocolate bitter, not hop bitter. Because that was one of my questions is the hop balance. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes you can get a mix of both, right? You, you've, got, you, you've got to balance the hop with the amount of dark greens that you've got going on um, that that give that bitter character. So it's, it really depends on your malt bill sometimes. Um, mouthfeel was good, um, you know, medium-bodied, medium-high carbonation, a little bit warming, um, you know, so a little bit of alcohol in there. A um, little bit astringent, uh, I'd say medium-low on the astringency side. Um, but overall, you know, a, a dark ale with, with decent clarity, it's balanced more towards the bitter end for me um, than I would have expected for the style. Um, head retention was great. Um, so it, it's either, you know, now that we're getting to talk to you, it's a little bit of, of the bittering hop too high or, or some of those roasted grains are a little bit too high. Um, you know, very good, very clear fermentation, you know, with some of the complexities of, you know, of some of the English ale yeast. So you're getting that fruity stuff that's coming across, but maybe a little bit too much on, on that mm-hmm. acetaldehyde side. Um, and then the hop flavor comes through, you know, a bit strong. So I, I was at 28. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we probably need to talk through it and see what you're doing on, on the fermentation side, you know, what the temperature's like and, and how, what, your, what your strategy is, I guess, on, on fermentation. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, I've been listening to Jamil for a long time. That's your first uh, mistake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the other part is that, you know, like him, I'm a software geek. So my fermentation is completely computer controlled. I have a BCS 460 that I pre-program with an ale ferment and let it roll. It's got timers and it does all this stuff automatically because uh, I can't pay attention to it all the time. So it uh, it has a um, thermal probe that sits in the wart and it controls the temperatures inside of a, an old refrigerator unit. That's It's completely computer controlled. So when wow, we say you need to you need to pay attention to your fermentation um, temperature profile <laughs> and make sure that's st- stable and keep it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of chuckle. He's inside. already dialed that yeah. in. <laughs> it's completely rock solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it starts at sixty and it slowly ramps up over two weeks. This beer sat on the yeast for almost four weeks before I racked it because after two hmm. weeks the yeast was dropping out, and so I would go out and stir it up. Yeah. And get that yeast back in suspension. It would degas, let the carbon, uh, carbon dioxide blow off, and it would ferment a little bit further down. And that's how I got it down to 1016 because it originally finished at like 1022. Huh. Did it take off okay or did it? I mean, that is a trick you can use to kind of um, finish. Get a oh, yeah. It, it, to... it was blowing. Okay. So I use a conical, one of those plastic conical fermenters yeah. from Spray Smarter or whatever. It's, so it's 15 gallons, and okay. I make 
probably about 11 gallons of a of wort in there and it was blowing out the top nice uh so wow. oh the other thing is as i wanted to let you know that uh, i am because you guys mention it so often I was one of the original Kickstarter programs for the beer bug. So oh, nice. I got the beer bug data from this that I could share with you. Cool. Uh, the beer bug is rolling right now in the Memorial Day IPA that I brewed I yesterday. I saw that this morning. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Wow. That's cool, man. So, yeah. Um, you guys talk about it, so I mention it. Um, uh, I only use five-star chemicals. Oh, I keep a bottle of Star Sand in a spray bottle. Yes, so, I do the same thing. It's great. You know, and being a fan of Jamil's, you use the the pitch rate calculator and follow that to the T with the entering the yeah, I used, manufacturer date and all of that. Yeah, I used three <laughs> of those ready pitch packs in yeah. a four gallon or four gallon four liter starter before wow. I pitched into this. So it, it had a crap load of yeast, and it it was. It's the first time I was able to actually top crop because there was enough yeast blowing out the top. Wow. So All right. three smack packs in a in a four liter starter. That almost sounds like too much. What was the starting gravity on this? Ten sixty. Okay. Yeah, it's a firm beer, so yeah. It does seem like So what yeah, happened? I, I think the alcohol level is up around six percent. So wow. it's out of style for that. Yeah, the starting's a little high. <clears throat> Well, like I said, my, my target gravity was 1057, and I hit 1060. Yeah. And I think the, the style, the OG on the style at the top is 1052, at least on the 11C. Yeah. So well, it's I a think, little bit um, I'm pretty sure this is an adapted uh, Brewing Classic Styles recipe, you know, mm-hmm. just to go full Jamil on you. <laughs> if you guys, guys want to go over the recipe, we can do that, too. Let's just call Jamil in here. I mean, call him up, maybe. Well, so... Why, why what 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 do you guys think happened? What do you think happened to the to the beer? Ten sixty to ten nineteen yeah. was it? For one reason or another the beer was sixteen. Ten sixteen. Okay. It just didn't fully attenuate. And and Mel, forgive me if you answered this already. This is a problem that you have with every English strain. It, it seems to be English ale yeast only because I make um Belgian wit beer all the time and I make uh various IPAs using um California ale yeast, and that that all seems to work really well. I've even used the East Coast ale yeast, and I really like that. What's what's going on in Mel's uh, fermentation? Did did you say you started at at sixty? Is that where you're starting? Yeah, yeah. sixty degrees. Have you tried to start a little bit warmer? Uh, no. It does seem kind of low, it, huh? It, it, I don't know. Sixty it, seems pretty low. I mean, I'm just wondering if it's stressing the yeast yeah, out. A little bit. It stresses the yeast out, and they just they don't. They'll ever kick get out some, going, well, or they'll kick out some flavors early in the fermentation because mm. they're not quite. Because he said they were blowing happy. out, it was blowing out the but top, yeah. so it sounds vigorous. It's, oh, it's yeah. a lot of yeast What's in there, the, so well, it's oh yeah. And, and after rolling. like day one, it's up to ten. It's up to sixty-two, hmm. and the day three, it's sixty-four. So it, it's yeah. gradually going up there, okay. and it kind of levels off at sixty-eight. Jeff, you were you were saying that maybe it's too much yeast. Just, I, I mean, I have to go do the calculation, but yeah. that does seem it, for for a ten gallon batch, three smack packs and a four liter starter. That's a lot of yeast. Hmm. Do you use the uh, the oh. Mister Multi Yeast Calculator, Mel? Yeah, and, yeah, of uh, course no, I fine. do. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, and you dialed it's, in. That's dialed what in. we call a softball question. Yeah. Mel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, huh. one of the other things that went on with this, okay, so here's another clue, is that the yeast was old. That was why I used three smack packs instead of two. Uh-huh. Because uh, it, was, it was getting long in the tooth as far as the uh, packaged by date on the yeast. Did you smell the starter when you pitched it or when you were preparing to pitch it? Yeah, and it, it, and it smelled fine. Yeah. Um, however, I'll, I will tell you that the yeast that I top cropped wound up going bad on me. Hmm. Hmm. So I top cropped some yeast and I fed it on the stir plate and uh, was watching it and it got to high Krausen and I forgot about it and it kind of, it fell down and I came back a day later and it smelled horrible. It was huh. all sour. Weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe something got, something else got away in there a little bit, but I don't know. I Sounds like you know what you're doing. Maybe. So. Yeah, you know, dummy. I mean, you've, <laughs> yeah, been, right. you've been doing this for a thousand years. You know. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, some things that elude me. Oh, the funny story there yeah. is we moved. I'd been brewing for three or four years and we moved. And it took me about a full two years to figure out that my water at my new house wasn't good for brewing. Because <laughs> we, we went from well water to surface water and I had no idea. Yeah. Until I got a water test done, and now I I build my water from RO. That's good. Yeah. So this was after the the change after you started using RO. Yeah, because yeah. I did. We did. We moved in two thousand five, so that's a long time ago. What What should this beer finish at ideally? Do you think? I mean, ten sixteen to I mean ten twelve. Ten thirteen, ten fourteen, maybe. Okay, so he's but really if it not. That, yeah, if it starts the beer that high, estimate is ten fourteen. Okay, yeah. so he's really not that far off. No. in one direction or the other. Okay, no, no that, that's what I'm trying to figure it's out. Not, so it's not cloyingly sweet. You he's know? really just trying to figure out his recipe so, and the off flavors. Yeah, I mean, from so, a, so let me get, let me give you kind of the metric that I'm using. Yeah, go for it. I can drink a pint of this, but I don't go for a second one. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, this isn't this beer isn't good enough because I don't want a second pint. Yeah, yeah, that's a good a good judging. Wow, like well, yeah, and you drink it more slowly. It's like well, you know, this this beer will last me a, you know an hour and a half or something. That's why he sent us 1,100 bottles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's fully so, attenuated, right? I mean it was a 1060 down to 1060. Uh, 10, yeah, and I think for for that. For that ale yeast, that's that's full attenuation. Yeah, for, as many times as I roused the yeast and put it back in suspension, it wasn't going any higher or any lower. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why why did you go away from the double O two? Same problem. I wasn't getting full attenuation. Everything tasted sweet, and I kept playing with my hop. Uh, balance. So I've been using the the Fuller's kind of hop profile of Target, Challenger, Fuggle, and East Kent Goldings, kind of in balance. Mm-hmm. With this beer, I threw an ounce of each of in them, each of those hops in there at different times. I, I wonder. So Target, if... Target at sixty minutes, Challenger at thirty minutes, Fuggle at thirty minutes, and East Kent Goldings at fifteen minutes. Hmm. That seems pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, it all seems right. I wonder. Are fine. I just wonder maybe if you want to go to a smaller beer, you know, if mm. that, you know, because 10, 1060 is, is way up to the top of the Jameel style. Let's let's ramp it 115%. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you can make this a 1045, and that's still in style. 1040 is still in style. 
Um, and, and so maybe bring it down a little bit, and maybe that's you know more what same you recipe. Just yeah. calm down a little start, bit. Starting to back down a little bit on the base grain. Well, yeah. yeah, looking at the YE stats for that yeast too, the 1469, the temperature range that it likes is 64 to 72. So maybe instead of starting at 60. It might it might be where it's kicking out some of the the off flavors the acid aldehyde I got, and it's it's putting a lot of that out early in the fermentation and it's not eating it up later because you know what you did fermentation wise, well that, it's a pretty wide swing too from sixty to you know well okay well, let me let me revise that I'm looking at my program right now it starts at sixty five oh okay, okay. well yeah, that's that makes not bad sense. sixty that's... I think it's sixty four okay it's that's struggling fine. to get yeah. down to sixty four right now it's at sixty five. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so you're right there. Too low. Yeah. Okay. Sixty-five is good. That's good. Okay. Sixty would be low. So yeah. Interesting. I, it, I don't know what to tell you about this beer. It's... <laughs> well, I think Jeff's suggestion is right. Let's back it down a bit. I mean, yeah. even ten yeah, fifty. That's going to be a good first. Pounds of Maris Otter in it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a bunch. It's hefty. So. You shouldn't get that that alcoholic. Oh wow! There's a little warmth here. There's a little. Alcohol flavor and aroma, and it's. it's I, mean, I think the recipe. Ta- I mean, it tastes great. Yeah. Though I think the recipe's fine. I mean, Good. maybe it's a little. Maybe it's a little. Those headphones are going out again. Yeah, they they died on me again. Mosquito. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe like the, the little too much chocolate malt. Maybe it's the, the chocolateiness is is too rich, and it doesn't have much of that classic nuttiness to it. So mm-hmm. yeah. If well, going yeah, style, one but. of the other things is I changed the medium crystal that uh, is specified in the Brewing Classic Styles to Simpsons Dark Crystal. Um, That's like a slap a... to Jamil's face right there. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it, though. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was, no. when he wrote this, he was playing with what was available yeah. in the brew shops. And no, I yeah, a lot of his earlier all, recipes. That all they... Simpsons malt bill. That's what I was going for. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes great. It, it just, uh, I think, you you know, if you, you tweak it out here and there, uh, you know, uh, bring out, bring down the final gravity, maybe drop some, a little bit of that, uh, the dark malt there, and give it another shot. Okay. Give it another so shot what and see th- what happens. Send us Sorry, six more bottles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was going to send you guys um, six bottles of the Doppelbach that I made uh, in December. But that's really I, good. It came out really good. <laughs> he's drinking it three pints. He's drinking it right now. Three pints at a time. I, mean, I, mean, I hose my, my driveway right. down with that. I don't care. I'm it's always fine. going for the second pint on that one. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm actually saving that for the winter. It's going to sit all summer long oh. in, in the cooler. Nice. Uh, Entered into the uh, Oktoberfest homebrew competition that we hold every Every year, the mad the deal with that was that I was bottling the bottles, and I, these were brand new bottles out of the box. And I put caps on them, and they all got hairline fractures from uh-huh. the neck all the way down the seam of the bottle. Wow. And so I knew if I packed wow. them, they'd all end up broken. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a, excuse me, that's all right. It sounded like you you know you wanted some some decent feedback on this beer, and I hope you got it. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys before we let you go, Mel? Uh, how is the carbonation level in the bottle? Because I bottled these off of keg. It seems pretty good. Yeah, pretty uh, fine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of medium, medium high. Okay. Perky. Almost it? like I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> yes. Almost. <laughs> right. No well, problem there. Mel, do us do us a favor, man. Try the try the beer again with with a couple of suggestions from the guys, and uh, send it in, or at least uh, send us a follow up. Oh, you bet. Thanks yeah. a lot. All I right. really like the show and listen cool. to it all the time. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for coming on with us, bud. Yeah. Thanks. You bet. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Bye. All right.
Cool. Good beer know. overall. I mean, I think the flavors were great. Yeah. I really like that yeah. chocolate, but it, it, it's a little too, it's like 20% too high. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. maybe even 40. Amped it's up. a little, yeah, it's Beefy. a little much. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk with someone. We're going to talk with Ryan and we're going to drink that Hellas. Two things that I'm looking forward to. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We're about to get Ryan on the phone, but first I want to chat with you guys about the iDip. We've talked about it on the show before, and Brian has actually been using it. 
or has used it, and uh, he now has it returned. It's like a long-lost uh, bicycle. It came back to me. I missed it. <laughs> I was testing all my friends' water for them. Like, everybody's hey, let me, like, let me test your water. Coming over to me with little, you know, bell, ball jars. And like, here. Oh, were they really? That's cool. I mean, they lined up on my doorstep. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, they're still there, I think. They're yeah. braving the heat. Oh, guys, I'm recording a show tonight. You know, we can't. <laughs> uh, the iDip, dude, it's it's pretty amazing. It's a uh, what they call it the Smart Brew uh, Water Testing Kit. Uh, it incorporates a revolutionary photometer, which uh, is the first and only uh, multilingual. Ah, I screwed up the copy. My fault. Whatever. What are you going to do, right? Um, the iDip is rad. You can use it for your home or commercial brewery. That's the cool thing about it. I think one of the things that they really want to drive home to you guys, it's not just for home brewers. It's not just a, a homebrew thing that uh, isn't going to ramp up with your brewing skills. It's the one piece, one of the pieces of equipment that yeah. you can take with you as you ramp up to a commercial brewer if you want. Or if you're a commercial brewer now and you don't want to do the titration method, you don't want to sit there and do math or read your water supply chart every six months, uh, grab the iDip. If, especially if you're building your water and you want to make sure you're actually you know, putting in as much uh, calcium or whatever people put in their water as possible, yep. you got to go with the iDip. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to use, pretty pretty fast testing, and um, just run through. I mean, the 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 smart water, you know, the, the the smart brew kit comes with all the ones you need for brewing. You know, comes with all little sulfates, all the little test strips, alkalinity, hard, you know, yeah. hardness, all that calcium. It's pretty revolutionary. It's the first handheld water tester that has a smartphone app. And it speaks foreign languages to me sometimes. I'm not sure why that was. Multi, multilingual. I think the idea guys are just messing with you. That's why. Uh, it pairs with your Bluetooth and it'll update your water results instantly to your own personal water profile. And then you can take that water profile and email it to the other brewers on your team or the other people in your club. Or you can post it to Facebook if you're one of those people who likes to share a bunch of stuff like that. And I think it's pretty helpful, especially, again, you're building your water or you have uh, different people. You were telling us the other day, uh, Brian, that you have uh, you were testing water like in San Ramon versus Livermore and they're yeah. vastly different. From like, you know, 25, 20 miles away. Yeah, way different. Just a different water zone, but also, I mean, just throughout the year, if you're in an area like we are, where they'll be pumping more surface water at certain times of the year, um, and different different times of the year, your water will just all of a sudden it'll smell different, come out of the tap, and you wonder what's going on. It's time to brew. You want to brew with it? You can find out that morning what you got. Now you know exactly you what you're what you're working with. It does over forty different water quality tests. Four come preloaded on the app, and more are available. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and tons more. There's only four milliliters of water needed for each test, which I think is pretty great. And it's really cool. You just you put a little bit of water in the photometer, and you take the uh, uh, the related strip and you shake it in the water for what about twenty seconds. Yeah, it's, it has a little timer that ticks down for and it. That's it's twenty it. second. You just rattle a strip in there. Kind yeah, of. there's no math needed. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and if you did have questions, they've got great support. They tell you what's what and yeah. help you out. I love it. I think it's awesome. And there's a special for the Brewing Network people. That's you guys, in case you didn't know. Enter code TBN10 at checkout and save ten bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Order now. And make this futuristic technology part of your brewing process visit smartbrewkit.com 
in 10. I could see it being something, too, that a, a homebrew club could, you know, give as a men- benefit to their members. They could buy one and, and test some of their members' water or whatever. I think it would you know. be perfect for a homebrew club. You just yeah. have one and, and either, yeah, you bring your water into each meeting or whatever, and they just sit there and run the tests, or you loan it out to people, or especially that big brew day, teach people how to homebrew day, right. all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, for club projects, so you know your water doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the worst thing, man. You you, you know you're going to do a club project in you or Bruna Joe's house. I was water. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I'm sure it, Joe thinks he knows his water, but Joe doesn't know his water. He just has the pool. Joe doesn't know Diddly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has the cool patio that everyone's going to hang out on. Yeah. So uh, that's why everyone wants to brew at Joe's house, but that's his water sad. sucks. It tastes like the pool water. <laughs> <laughs> right. It might be the pool water. Uh-huh. Anyway. We have Ryan on the line. Ryan, are you with us? I am. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Hey, How are you doing? Hey. I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for sending us beer. Yeah, and thanks for sending a Hellas, too. We don't get too many Helli in the world. I knew, I knew you'd like that, JP. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's not an IPA. <laughs> it's not an IPA. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's see, Ryan. How long have you been homebrewing, man? Um, my brother and I started doing extract kits in 2008 and, uh, did, a, did two or three kits a year and never really made anything that we were proud of. Yeah. Uh, so kind of dropped it, uh, for a couple of years. And then my wife was finishing her dissertation a couple of years ago. So I decided to, that I needed a hobby as well since she was always busy. So I, uh, uh, started researching all grain brewing and then, uh, jumped full on into that. And I've been doing probably brewing probably every other week since then. Wow. You're going for it. Yeah, totally. That's cool, man. How's it, how's it been going for you? How's that transition? Uh, real good. Um, I think, you know, I, I think I make some pretty decent beer. Uh, the guys in my club seem to, to think it's okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're just lying to me. I don't know. Maybe but, you're the guy uh, who has the pool. They want to come hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, well, have you ever done a Hellas before? Or is this your first shot? I haven't. It was my first and it was my first lager. Um, I, I'm, I'm a pretty impatient guy. So I like to oh. turn around beers in about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I've always kind of shied away from, from doing lagers and truth be told, it's not really my favorite style anyway. Um, but we were, my club, Johnson County Brewing Society was pouring at a, uh, a fest mid March and I purposely, you know, wanted to do something. You, you get so many IPAs and barrel aged stuff now at, at Brewfest that I kind of want to do something simple and light. So I gave myself, uh, two weeks to brew a Hellas just to see if I could pull it off. And, uh, this is the result, what you're drinking now, obviously, you know, this was brewed, uh, probably, I don't know, the tail end of February, uh, because I poured mm-hmm. it about mid-March at a brew fest and it, and it did turn around. I, I used gelatin in the keg, uh, pretty aggressive fermentation schedule. Uh, we'll get into that later, but, uh, it, it, it turned out pretty well as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think it's, um, you know, it's changed a bit in the bottle. So I want to see what the guys say. Uh, but yeah, okay. I, I think, I think it was a success for my first lager. Okay, excellent. Jeff, why don't you kick us off, man? All right. Yeah, from an aroma perspective, it got a uh, moderately low grainy character, um, a hint of an earthy hop. Um, just smelling it again now. It, it has this little bit of a low yeasty note to it. 
Um, no diacetyl. Um, initially, I didn't get any DMS. Maybe a little bit of a light DMS today, um, and, and maybe a little bit of a low sulfury note. Um, malt character dominates overall. Uh, from an appearance perspective, very light straw in color. It's, it was really super clear. I remember um, mentioning that to Brian when we when we judged it previously. So um, you were able to drop that out, I guess, with the uh, the clarifier. So you know, white white foam of bubbles that fell quickly um, to you know a nice thin layer of foam. Uh, from a flavor perspective, grainy malt character um, that was moderate. Uh, with that earthy hop flavor, uh, with a hint of spiciness and a little bit of, at the time, uh, you know, it looked, it tasted like green melon to me a little bit. Um, otherwise, I didn't get any other fruity esters out of it. Uh, malt balance, low hop bitterness in the balance, uh, low bitter uh, overall, and then a nice dry finish. Uh, mouthfeel, medium light in body with a medium carbonation. It was slightly warming, uh, you know, not creamy, a slight prickly hop at the tongue, uh, you know, very low astringency. So overall, you know, a, a nice light straw, crystal clear pale lager uh, with a pleasant malty grain character uh, with an interesting and, and quite pleasant hop flavor, I thought, um, you know, with that, that green melon rinds uh, came through a bit for me. Um, overall, you know, I thought a, a well-brewed example without any really noticeable flaws. Um, the head retention probably could be improved a little bit, uh, but overall a, a 36 for me. Excellent. All right, Brian, you're up, bud. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what Jeff said there. Um, It does have, it it comes through to me up front with kind of a honey like malt presentation a little bit. And it's got, uh, it's definitely like a, um, you know, there's a strong pills component in there. Um, Low kind of herbal hop below that. I'm getting a fair whiff of DMS myself. I got it um, when we early, when we judged it earlier, and it's there. Uh, now as well, kind of a, co- a cooked corn-like component to it. Um, no uh, diacetyl or acetaldehyde. Uh, you know, it seems seemed cleanly lagered. No, no esters. Um, I'm surprised you turned it around that quick. Wow. <laughs> um, and it's not very sweet smelling. Um, but yeah, like kind of a corn-like impression is one of the primary aromas there. Uh, Appearance-wise, beautiful beer. Great deep yellow, like gold color with a brilliant clarity. Had a nice, nice head that stuck around nicely. Um, flavor balanced to the malt and, um, you know, some of the honey liked and a little bit of that canned corn evident. Um, not, not high, just kind of a medium low level. And the flavor, to me, it finished kind of medium sweet. I don't know what it what it finished at, but um, it's on the, on the sweeter side for the style. I mean, it doesn't need to... You don't want it to be bone dry. You want a hint of some sweetness in this beer for sure. Yeah. Um, and and it's nice. It's kind of nice the way it is. Um, but there is a little bit of uh, it, a little it, bit of ex, a little bit a little, little, little heavy, honey. I a guess yeah. Sweetness kind of. Is that oxidation? Can when oxidation I start getting the honey, like it, it can be a little oxidized character, and if mm-hmm. it's been in the the bottles for a long time, I don't know, depending on how you bottled it or if it if the whole batch tastes like that, but uh, mm-hmm. it could be from from either uh, or any oxygen along the way after you. you um, fermented it, but uh, yeah, um, pretty clean lager from fermentation profile. I was, I'm surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, if it's been in the bottle, it's kind of lagering in the bottles too. So that that might help too. It'd be interesting to taste it and go back in time and taste it in mid March there. Um, yeah, so that honey kind of lingers in the aftertaste. Low hops, floral, herbal, 
Um, I like how if you can go back in time, that's what you would do with your bitterness. Time, is drink <laughs> is drink a, a homebrew. That is what I would do, man. <laughs> a fresher homebrew example of the bitterness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, mouth. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, JP. You're welcome. Nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could do anything I want, but damn, I want to try this health. <laughs> Go back and bet on the sharks. <laughs> Medium body, no slickness, no warmth, slightly creamy, not astringent. Um, you know, it's pretty spritzy. Nice, nice carbonation there. Medium, kind of medium, medium high. Um, so overall, I've, I don't know if you've been to Munich and and tasted some of the some of the uh, the lighter, you know, the the Hellas beer. I mean, Hellas just means light, <laughs> and German is the light lager, and in. Mm. in uh, in Munich, and and they have a Dunkless, which is the dark, and you know you can find box and other stuff there too. But uh, yeah, it's just what you drink, kind of when you when you're down there. It's a super flavorful. Um, you know, it's got kind of a a delicate kind of um, bready malt f- flavor to it. That some of the honey and some of the other things in this is kind of covering up a little bit. So again, I don't know if it's oxidation or something else going on in there, or just the DMS is detracting a little bit. But, um, you know, that's detracting, and I would just avoid O2 at all stages past the start of fermentation. Do a nice long boil and open, um, keep the kettle open, you know, with a vigorous boiling to reduce the DMS. Um, you can cut back the pills malts a little bit, but, uh, and use some different, different base malts in there. But, um, I mean, that's what you do to get rid of the DMS. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to, to learn. I gave it a 33. I thought it was pretty, pretty tasty, drinkable beer, just like kind of, Balance wise, it wasn't quite where I wanted it to to be for the Hellas. Like yeah. the, just mainly from the freshness of the malt perspective, and the the DMS detracting a little bit. But I agree. Yeah, nicely done. Thank you for sharing. And and I want to hear about this logger profile. Will you tell us about it, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I've got to give a shout out to Marshall at Brewlosophy. Uh, this is. Essentially, his Hellas recipe, although I think he uses the White Labs 029 Kolsch yeast. Okay. Uh, and I use the, the Weinstefaner uh, 3470 dry yeast. Hmm. Uh, and I, I fermented it at – and it, it, I pretty much followed his quick lager profile. I mean I, I fermented this at 63 degrees to start. And then, uh, you know, it, it, it sat at 63 for, I think, 62 hours. And then after that, it was bumped up about two degrees a day for four days. And then immediately after that, so about seven days in the fermenter, I began, uh, maybe eight days, I began a cold crash uh, for 48 or, or 72 hours. So really it lagered for, you know, I don't know, three days. And then was tra- transferred to a keg and, and with uh, gelatin in the keg and, you know, <clears throat> sat in the keg for a couple of days. And then I pulled off the bottom murky stuff and it, it was pouring pretty clear at about 14 days. And that's when we served it. And, you know, I, I think it's changed so much from the time that it was served, you know, out of a jockey box at a, at, a, at a beer fest, and now I'm I'm actually drinking the last bottle that I have that I bottled at the same time that I sent you guys the stuff. Yeah, and, and I get very much the same kind of notes that you guys do. I don't pick up as much DMS as or really any. Uh, but then again, I'm not a 
you know, I'm not a BJCP judge, uh, but you know, I, I don't get any of that, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, I just, you know, maybe I just don't even know what to, what to look for. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it definitely finishes, you know, it, it's too sweet now mm-hmm. and I don't, I, and I bottled it off the keg and I don't have a, a counter pressure filler. I just stick a, a, a bottling wand with the, with the yeah. end pull, pulled off into a picnic tap, and that's how I fill my bottle. So it's it it very well could be some uh, some oxidation that's giving it that sweetness uh, that that maybe wasn't there originally, and uh, and for that matter, I think my uh, I think the hop could be kind of tweaked a little bit. And in fact, I brewed this a couple of days ago on Sunday, my second batch of this, and uh, well, my first was. One bittering charge of 6.1% alpha tetninger um, at 60 minutes, and that was my only hop. And it was about mm. seven, just under 18 calculated IBUs. And I think it could probably use a little more, and maybe it would stand the test of time a little bit if it had. So I did a 20-minute 20, 20 edition, a real modest one, and then another small uh, edition at five minutes. And it, it it's just under 22 calculated now, but I think that might provide a little more balance towards the, the hop. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so much of that sweet malt that's coming out after a few months. Yeah, a hillis should be uh, malt balanced, but you don't want it to be too sweet. So, yeah, if your hops are too low, it's going to have that kind of not cloying, but just too sweet impression, even though it's kind of medium. Uh, you know, it's not it's not overly sweet. So, right. yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. That's it would be interesting. What did it taste like before? Did it was it? um it didn't have that honey-like thing. It was just a little, a little crisper, a little fresher. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a little crisper. Yeah. Uh, it had a, l- a little bit more of an upfront hop bite than it does now, and it, it's it's mm. really malty now. Uh, yeah. But I think it was it was more balanced, uh, you know. And that's not to say balanced towards the bitter or the malt. It was just it was it was more equally balanced before and now i think that's kind of fallen off and you know and that could very well be due uh in large part to oxygen being introduced at bottling mm-hmm. I, you know but it, to, to kind of counteract that i i added an addition a couple more hop additions uh to to hopefully make it last a little bit longer before it you know sort of peters out and you're doing the same profile in the second batch the 63 yeah, it's yeah. it's in my chamber fermenting yeah. right now at I'm, 63. I'm surprised and I'm amazed that you didn't get all that much fruitiness out of it with that that temperature. Yeah, yeah and, and I decided to use it after his – I mean he did an experiment with uh, with 3470. I think he pushed it to 70 degrees. Oh. You know, and and he he fermented one, you know, sub – sub 60 and then did another one at 70 and you know the the p value was was less than i'm not a statistician but the p value showed that it was you know that nobody could reliably tell a difference between one fermented at you know 58 and another one at 70 with that yeast and it's just a really forgiving strain so yeah that's cool yeah and so his his malt bill is basically uh 87 pills uh, just over 11% Munich and a, just a touch, like 1.3% of melanoidin, uh, I guess, to kind of mimic that decoction kind of thing. But And that's it. Just for fun, I would try doing a lager the traditional way sometime and see how it works. Like try to stretch your patients out. And, you know, you, <laughs> it sounds like you have a busy brew schedule, but, um, dude, you could, you could do a lager. You, I mean, and for your first lager, this is 
pretty good, man. I, I'm I'm impressed. It's and the the yeast to know that the yeast does that, and 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 your buddy did the you know a bunch of triangle tests there apparently to just uh, see if people could pick it out. That, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. it's kind of astounding to me. You know, I would think, yeah, if you just told me this, oh yeah, this this beer was fermented at at 63 degrees. And you just did tell me that. I, was, I'm, I still don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you know, uh, obviously the yeast selection has a lot to do with that for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's uh, j- just out of curiosity, Ryan. So, um, you know, it, you're drinking the same beer with us right now. Uh, yep. Brian gave you a 33. What do you think? I just want to, you know, just for fun. What do you think this beer was when it was fresh coming right off the tap? If this is a 33, this is your baseline, what do you think the improvements did to your would, would do to your score? Well, I have a buddy uh, in my brew club. Uh, I won't name him, but he said high 30s, low 40s. Uh, it, you know, but that's just kind of an off-the-cuff. We had already been drinking, so who knows? A lot knows? of cocaine, uh, yeah, for sure. And, and, but point of fact, like this show was supposed to be, I think, mid-April-ish, but – and yes. I think I told JP I, I had submitted it to a, uh, a competition, um, and I said, "Well, that kind of works that we're pushing it because I've got this in a competition. It's being judged late April, and actually, the scores I got from that, you know, two judges scored it, and they both scored it a thirty-two. So Brian cool. was was pretty right on with his. Cool." And they neither of them talked about. Well, one of them said low cooked corn, so a, the, one of them yeah. got a little bit of DMS. Uh, they both talked about some astringency, and nobody really mentioned that at all. Um, no, I didn't get any astringency. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I've, I've got a little. I mean, I had scored it before. A little, little low astringency on it. The the cooked corn thing to me. Today, and maybe because the, the ball is a little bit warmer, that's coming through more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's definitely, it's definitely there. And I don't know if it's what Brian is getting a little bit of the, the honey character, but there is like a sweet corn note to it. To I, I get like smelling it. I, I, I could easily confuse that for mead. Yeah, once you, but once you finish it, you take, it, take a sip of it and let it sit on your tongue for a second, swallow it, and then just let it sit and taste the aftertaste. That's mainly where I'm getting the DMS. It's subtle. It's not overpowering the flavors that are there, but it just lingers on the on the palate after the the beer has kind of dried off your tongue and gone away. And it just think of a, a just a can of corn that you just you just cook the corn and you smell the can before you put it in the recycle bin, of course. And you know, <laughs> oh, um, always a faint, faint version of that. It's not heavy, but you know, it's. Just if you're cooking some corn, mix mix that with a little water and, and put it aside and, yeah. and smell that, and then mix that with some beer or something. You know, you can get yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you, you can yeah. you can train your palate. You can do some some sensory exercises. There's a lot of things. There's Zebel kits you can buy. Go to the store. And um, the BJCP supports some stuff there. So yeah, for clubs yeah. that want to do an activity. Yeah, get, get some Miller Lite. Get some of that quick, <laughs> that corn. Dump it together. Then that's what you got, and then drink that. Yeah, exactly. for a day it's straight. Tasty. Tasty stuff. <laughs> I, I I wish we could have tasted it a few months ago. That was that, it, it's it's sure. like a great beer. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep working on that time machine. <laughs> Please do. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Do you have any other questions for the guys? Um, just real quick, uh, my water is where I live is is pretty hard. I mean, there's a lot of bicarbonate in my water. Um, I did add some calcium chloride and some lactic to get down to a mash pH of five point two. Um, what would you do to this? I, you know, I, I think 
because of that that bicarbonate content, and it's probably a little bit higher in sulfate and sodium than I uh, would probably use for a lager. Should I be diluting the the? Should, and I typically don't. I mean, I'll adjust for mash pH, but I won't adjust specifically for you know sodium or sulfates or whatnot. I should I be diluting my water for a lager, or should I just be using RO and building it up from there? Um, if your water is not too high in certain things, you can you can dilute it with um, you know some RO water or you know the stuff you buy in the grocery store and the big jugs, whatever you know, um, right. or even some spring water that's pretty low and everything too. You just get get that and blend it with your water if if it's at a certain point. I mean, if it's just you know four hundred <laughs> bicarbonate or something, you know, four hundred parts. Per, you're not gonna yeah not gonna be right. able to adjust that downward or if there's something you know really high magnesium or something weird and then it's sticking out you know you can only do so much i mean it's not bad um water wise it was it seemed pretty refreshing i didn't get any nasty weird mineraliness to it so i mean what you're doing seemed okay it's maybe not exact and maybe the soft breadiness will come through better with a lower sulfate lower carbonate water but Mm -hmm. um yeah the the calcium chloride is is a good idea to kind of accent the sweetness a little bit and get your calcium up where you need it to be with all those light malts so I think you're on the right track. Just just play with it. Go go to like uh, you know Brewer's Friend and play with the water profiles there, or on on the uh, Beer Smith program. It's really easy to dial in a profile that you want. Okay, cool, awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. I really Hi, appreciate Ryan. it. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate thanks for it. Welcome. Thanks for sending that beer in. That's an interesting nope. story. Just the lagering. Yeah, not the. Uh, you blew Brian. You you broke Brian. You blew my mind. Yeah, you broke him. Well, you guys know Marshall. I yeah, mean, he, he's, been he's on the, the one. He's the one that published this. So, you know. Okay. It's it's not my idea. It's totally his. So <laughs> I, I definitely don't want to claim that this is my thing. But no. uh, uh, but a lot, he, of good, a lot of good stuff he's doing over there. I uh, yes, Marshall's great. We have him on the session a few times. I agree with Brian. Try a traditional logger method first. Not first, but uh, Some, you know, next someday. sometime at some point. Um, you when know, you're going on vacation or something. Yeah, I, I would like to. I would like to drink uh, those those experiments uh, six months down the road because I wonder if the fast logger method doesn't affect any sort of compound long terms. Yeah, like long term, whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, and I, I okay. don't. I, I, I'm just an idiot who talks into a microphone. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, I don't know. I, w- I would just uh, that would be my uh, analysis. Okay, I'd like well, to try I, that. I'll see if I'll see if I can wait that long. Just but do I'll, it. I'll definitely try. Just do it. Do it and go on a trip. <laughs> yeah, it tends to smooth out a beer, remove some of the, you know some of the harsher components, and remove yeah. some of the earlier fermentation products as it goes along and, and ages and lagers. So. Yeah, it's a little it. bit, a little bit more forgiving if you got some of those precursors to DMS that you might get early on. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Ryan, we're gonna let you go. Cool. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye. Cool. Cool. Uh, before I let you guys go for a break, and then we're going to come back and give some stuff away and then get out of here, uh, don't forget the Homebrew Label Awards. If you guys are going to the National Homebrewers Conference, Homebrew Con, uh, the Homebrew Label Awards is going to have a booth there. They want you to vote. You can go to their website right now, homebrewlabelawards.com, and vote for your favorite label. Every vote still matters, although I think it's a little too late to enter now. 
but stop by their booth at NHC, man, and check it out and uh, hang out with the Homebrew Label Awards guys. They're they're uh, you know put on by the Grog Tag folks and uh, have a bunch of cool sponsors. They're giving away a bunch of cool stuff, and uh, it, it's a great uh, I don't know it's a great way to pass judgment on everybody, which I love doing personally. Uh, but especially people's creativity, people's artwork. Uh, it's Are they so gonna make fun. like a, a template out of the best label that they get, or um, I don't know what they do with yeah. that. Um, Just- Give them, a, give them a big pile of money and send them on yeah, their way. A big pile of money. Here you go. No, they're they're giving away like over five grand in prizes. Yeah, it like, sounds they, like a great. They give away a lot of stuff. So for the uh, graphic people out there, do it. Yeah. Go Go to uh, homebrewlabelawards.com and check out what we're talking about. Okay, we're going to take a real fast break, and then we'll be right back to give some stuff away ourselves. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on a second. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today. Tampa Bay has become a great destination for craft beer lovers with more than 60 breweries and counting, like Cigar City, Tampa Bay, and Coppertail Brewing. One of the newest breweries is Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach. Four Stacks believes that the West Coast can't have all the fun. So while we feature West Coast beer like Stone, Ballast Point, and Green Flash on tap, we also brew hopped-up ales to our liking in the West Coast style, even as they're truly Florida. Come in and see for yourself. Four Stacks hosts monthly homebrew club meetings, bottle shares, and partners with local restaurants for free food delivery while you enjoy your pint in their new tap room. Stop by Four Stacks Brewing and support the greater Tampa Bay craft beer scene at a brand new community-oriented independent brewery. Four Stacks Brewing, bringing the best of the West Coast style and attitude. Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach, Florida. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew.
All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. One more thing to tell you about AHA memberships. If you uh, renew or join, if you renew your membership or join as a new member to the American Homebrewers Association, uh, this month in June, well, it's not this month, but in June, you will receive six ounces of Mosaic Hops from BSG free with your membership. Just visit homebrewersassociation.org and use code BNAHA. That's B-N-A-H-A when you join or renew. Offer ends June 30th while supplies last. Homebrewersassociation.org and use code B-N-A-H-A. Or Benaha for those of you who are, I don't know, just like nice acronyms for things. And then go to Benihana's and it's amazing. Yes. All right, Brian, we had a couple of beers on the show and now it's time to give away our $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag. Was it the, uh, let's see, who do we have? We Mel have gets the, the grog tag. Mel gets the grog tag. All right. Well, it was a Good nice job, Mel. I enjoyed talking to both great. Yeah, We got some really smart brewers on, on uh, both segments. Or it was cool. It was a good show. Yeah. I liked it. I think, we had a, I think we did a good time. I miss it. I wish I could travel back in time to the beginning of this show and just <laughs> yeah. re-record it all over God, again. You are a glutton for punishment, man. I mean, you could accidentally hit delete and we could just call these guys back. And <laughs> yeah, accidentally. Or not. Zerp. No, that would be terrible. So uh, anyway, uh, Mel, I will uh, talk, talk to the guys at uh, Grog Tag over there, and you will get your forty dollars gift certificate. Your forty dollars, at least your beer will look good. Gift certificate, Mel. So check out go to grogtag.com and uh, start planning whatever you're going to spend it on. Man, metal signs, caps, tap handles, all sorts of stuff, man. Labels with pictures of your temperature fermentation controller on it and all the blinking lights. <laughs> right. BUT2000. <laughs> MTC6200. I think it'd be great. I don't know. I'm, if I forgot the number. Really, Brian? I got to go back in, in time and listen to it. <laughs> Again. Yeah. All right, everyone. This has been another awesome show. Dr. Homebrew. For you live folks, we'll be right back in about five minutes or so with another hour of entertainment. And then uh, for you podcast folks, well. Infotainment. Whatever. Tune in something else. I don't care. Go listen to cereal. I don't care. Anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. We'll see you later.